The Bradford Exchange presents the Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode three of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour Western episodes of Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon of Dodge City, Kansas. We'll begin after this short break. There were many Western radio shows during the Golden Age, but most were aimed at a juvenile audience. The Lone Ranger, Hopalong Cassidy, The Roy Rogers Show, Gene Autry's Melody Ranch, Wild Bill Hickok, and others. It wasn't until radio dramas were making way for television that the idea of a Western series strictly for adult audiences was conceived. CBS was investing in a newer and more promising visual medium, and the fortuitous cancellation of another program created an opening for Gunsmoke, a Western series unlike any before it. Developed by Norman MacDonald, the writing for Gunsmoke was high quality, the sound effects top-notch, and there was no shortage of violence and bloodshed. As events unfolded, the ever-watchful Marshal Matt Dillon of Dodge City, Kansas, carried out the duties his shiny badge demanded. Within a year, several radio programs tried to emulate Gunsmoke's production values, but none came close. In 1955, the program made the transition to television with James Arness starring in the role William Conrad had made his own on radio. The video version featured all the characters we came to know and love from the radio series, but with a totally new cast. Gunsmoke would ultimately make television history by becoming the longest-running U.S.-made Western series. It's time now for the first of two Gunsmoke radio shows. On this first one from 1955, a strange family planned to kill Marshall Dillon and his deputy, who are locked in their cellar. Here's Potato Road on Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, brought to you by L&M Filters. This is it. L&M is best, stands out from all the rest. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America. 
and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Everybody, man, never saw Front Street so deserted. It'll look different about 12 hours from now, Doc. 12 hours? Oh, you mean midnight, yes. Uh, I hope I'm in bed by then. Yeah, you usually are. Oh, I am, I know. Yes, well, I'd like to have a dollar for every night's sleep I've lost. Well, you can't have everything, Doc. Yeah, what do you mean by that? A man can't expect to get a lot of sleep if he's out bucking the tiger all night. Me? Gambling? And where do you think I get the money for that? Minister into the sick, same as any doctor. Well, it's not the sick I minister to in this town, so much as the wounded. <laughs> well, what difference does it make? Well, the wounded usually die before I get paid. Boot hill patients, that's what they are. You know, you ought to try to pull more of them through, Doc. Oh, sure, yes. Cut up, shot up, beat up. It's a wonder any of them live. Well, I can't argue with you about that. Oh, uh, say, you mind if we stop in the general store here? Mr. Jonas was supposed to order me a new saddle blanket. Oh, man, always frittering away your money on doodads. Huh? <laughs> it's for my horse, Doc, not me. Oh, man, look who's... Oh, hello, Kitty. Hello, Doc. Matt. <laughs> How are you, Kitty? <laughs> I'm hungry. I came in here 15 minutes ago on my way to dinner, and nothing's happened yet. Well, isn't Mr. Jonas here, Kitty? Well, if he is, he's hiding. Well, he's probably on his way to dinner. We ought to get a wagon and rob this place. That'd teach him to walk off and leave it. <laughs> You'd only spend your money if he's here, Kitty. You shouldn't complain. I've already spent it. I paid him in advance for three petticoats a month ago. Oh, how do you know they're here yet? I don't. There's a big box behind the counter there with Santa Fe Railroad stamped all over it. Oh? It's a shipment of some kind. Well, why don't you open it? I got caught doing that. Some U.S. Marshal might walk in here and shoot me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll do it. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Mr. Dillon? Oh, oh Kitty. Doc. Hello, Chester. Chester. Uh, Mr. Dillon, there's a fellow come in at the office, the darnest looking man you ever saw. He ain't very old, but he's got long yellow hair, and his teeth are kind of long and yellow, too, and he's so thin all over. Why, I swear it'd take two of them to make a shadow. Why didn't you bring him along, Chester? I'd like to meet him. Oh, no, you wouldn't, Miss Kitty. Not this fellow. There's something real mean about him, if he wasn't so crazy. Oh, while we're figuring that out, why don't you tell me what he wants, Chester? He wants you to come arrest his pa. What? He's out in the country somewhere. He didn't say he just where. Well, why does he want me to arrest his paw? He didn't say that neither. But he said you'd better hurry. He said it's real serious. Yeah. All right, I'll go back with you. So long, Kitty. Doc. I'll see you later, Matt. Yeah, goodbye, Matt. This is it, L&M Filters. It stands out from all the rest. Miracle Tip, 
much more flavor. L&M's got everything. It's the best. L&M is best. Stands out from all the rest. L&M's got everything. Everything? Everything. Best flavor? L&M stands out for flavor. The Miracle Tip draws easy. Let's you enjoy all the taste. Best filter? L&M stands out for effective filtration. No filter compares with L&M's pure white Miracle Tip for quality or effectiveness. Best tobaccos? Highest quality tobaccos. Low nicotine tobaccos. L&M tobaccos. Light and mild. Every way, L&M is best. Stands out from all the rest. How easy they draw. How mild they are. L&M is sweeping the country. It's America's best filter tip cigarette. Hope he's still here, Mr. Dillon. Well, I hope so too, Chester. Ah, hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm Marshal Dillon. You uh, wanted to see me? Found him, huh? What? I mean him. He found you. Yeah, I found him. Now tell him what you came for. I come for you, Marshal. Well, I know. Chester told me that. It's uh, something about your paw. Oh, uh, paw needs resting. Oh, uh, what for? He killed a man. Shot him dead. Who is your paw? I'm Budge Grilk, Marshal. All right, who'd your paw kill, Budge? I don't know. Some stranger, but he's laying there dead. Paul won't even bury him. Laying where? Where'd it happen? Near home. Well, uh, where's home? Out yonder. Oh, forevermore. I don't know. Well, how... I don't know how to tell him to get there. Well, maybe you could show me how to get there, huh? That's what a comfort. Uh, Chester. Yes, sir. Look, uh, I'll understand if you don't want to go along. I'm kindly dizzy already, but I'll go, Mr. Dillon. <laughs> okay, then let's get started. That there's a house. The house? You can't call a one-room sod hut a house. Got a tater cellar out back. Yeah? Who lives in the tater cellar? Be a good place to keep somebody. Wouldn't it, Marshal? You think your paw's around, Budge? Ma'll be here. Better not ride no closer. Makes her mad. All right. Ma! Ma! She ain't beef. She'll be out. Good. 
There she is. Come on. I got him, Ma. This one here. Who's the other one? I don't know. Fella called Chester. He was hanging around, so I brought him too. Now look at here. Nobody uh, never mind, me Chester. No. Never mind. Uh, Miss Groke, uh, I take it you know about your husband too. Married thirty years, boss. Uh, I, I mean about his killing this man. You talk to Paul about that when he gets here. Ain't none of my affair. Bud, you go get that rifle off in your saddle. There's no place to leave it. Sure, Ma. You people stay here. You sit down if you want. I'll go boil up some coffee and bring it out. Uh, uh, no, you don't need to bother, ma'am. No bother. Sat down? On what? She's crazier than he is, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. yeah they're half-starved, too. Yeah, this isn't much of a homestead. Ain't it terrible? Yeah, but even a lazy man could do something with it. It's not the best land I ever saw, Chester. Mark, gonna make you some coffee? Yeah, that's what she said. Ma likes folks to come visit. Sometimes. Sure. May I show? Uh, yes, ma'am. I'm gonna show you the house. You come here. That Chester fella can see it later. You better go, Marshal. Ma don't always ask people in. Only sometimes. Yeah. All right. That mean I don't get no coffee? Oh, you'll get some, Chester. Mrs. Groke? Come on in, Marshal. The door's open. Dark in here, ain't it? No windows. It's light enough. Then don't move, Marshal. I got this rifle aimed to bust your heart open. Yeah. I'll do it, too. Get your hands up by your shoulders, Marshal. I'll kill you if you don't. Sure. Budge? I got him, Ma. Give me a hand here. I'm coming. Rifle's here triggered, Marshal. You stand right there, Chester. I can shoot with one hand. Step back closer to it, Marshal. Get his gun, Budge. <clears throat> I got it, Ma. Let's move outside, Marshal. Go on. He throwed down on me with that rifle, Mr. Dillon. I, I couldn't do a thing. It happened to me, too, Chester. Let's lock him up, Budge. Lock us up? Hmm? In the tater cellar. What's this all about, Budge? Paul tell you when he comes. Where is he? He's waiting. He'll come in late tomorrow. Your pa didn't shoot anybody, did he? No. But he's gonna shoot somebody, Marshal. He sure is. This cussed cellar don't make much of a hotel, does it, Mr. Dillon? No. 
No, it doesn't, Chester. No light, not much air, damp, no blankets, nothing to eat. I tried one of them potatoes. They're moldy. <sighs> it must be afternoon by now. Yeah. You think them miserable idiots is ever going to let us out? I've been thinking all last night and this morning, Chester. I'm right back where I started. I don't know what they're doing or what they're going to do. It sure beats me. Imagine that old woman pulling a dirty trick like that. You think she meant it, Mr. Dillon? She'd really have shot you? She meant it. Hey, I hear somebody coming. Don't you try nothing now. We got guns. Open it clear up, Budge. They can't fight with nothing but taters. Okay, Pop. Step out here in the light where we can see you. Big one, Paul. That's the marshal, Paul. Uh, keep your gun on him, Budge. I guess you know who I am, Marshal. Yeah. I'm about the smartest fella in the whole country. Is that so? You're one man who ought to know that. Why? I got you caught, ain't I? Does that make you smart? Tell him, Pa. Tell him it won't hurt if you Shut up, now. bud. Don't you tell me what to do. We got a plan, Marshal. We got a real fine plan. And it was all my thinking. We're going to rob a bank, Marshal, right there in Dodge. We're going to hold it up and take all the money. Well, that's quite a plan, Grook. Ain't it? And you see how we're going to do it? There won't be nobody to stop us, because we'll... We'll already have you dead. Dead and buried. What? Sure. What do you think we got you out here for? Well, you can't do that. Why not? It's no use arguing with him, Chester. He's crazy. Crazy? Because I'm going to get rich? You call that crazy? I do. Call him out, bud. We're going to shoot him now. Ma? Ma, come on out. You want to watch us kill him? Grilk. What? What makes you think if you robbed the bank, I'd be the only man after you? You're the marshal, ain't you? The money in that bank belongs to a lot of people. There'll be 50 men after you. Uh -huh. Me and Ma and Budge, we're going to kill everybody in the bank. And won't nobody know nothing about it till we're gone. You won't live to get as far as the street. It's my plan. It's not yours. Shut up. You stand there, do you hear? Get over here, Ma. You want to watch? Mr. Dillon, they're really going to shoot us. Chester, look beyond them, hmm? out near that clump of elder there. Somebody's coming. Horseback. Yeah, don't let on. We'll have to move fast if we get a chance. Yes, sir. Paul, look. Oh, they've seen him. Get out of sight, bud. Get behind the house in case he gets too nosy. I'll fix him if he does. That Calhoun fella, Paul. Hmm. There's no time for him to be paying a visit. Get back in the cellar. 
Get back in the cellar, Marshal. Go on, both of you. Go on, I'll shoot you right now. He means you, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. Uh, you keep quiet in there now. We gotta do something. And if we could just get close enough to one of them. There's that rider. Yeah. What are you doing here, Calhoun? We're too busy to be visiting today. They shot him. Oh, God, you butch. What did you do that for? I don't want you. You leave him alone, Pa. He didn't mean nothing about it. You're always standing up for him, ain't you? Get on back in the house. God! Butch went and shot that Calhoun fella. Now he's dead. Yeah, we heard him. Oh, what were you yelling at me like that for? What's wrong with shooting him? We're leaving here, ain't we? We don't need no neighbors. You darn fool. Well, why, Paul? Now we got to bury him, don't we? Sure. Well, three graves is too many to dig before dark. Mm. And we'll have to wait till tomorrow before we can take care of Marshall and Chester here. Oh. Well, I didn't think about that. You never think about nothing. What's worse, we'll have to feed him. Can't let nobody go hungry that long. Go tell them all. I'm going, Pa. Now you, you two, set quiet. Bud, you'll bring you something. Well, if that don't beat all. Little Budge comes back, Chester. That's gonna be our chance. <laughs> I've got L&M. I've got L&M. I've got L&M. And L&M's got everything. Best filter. No filter compares with L&M's pure white miracle tip for quality or effectiveness. Best flavor. The miracle tip draws easy. Let's you enjoy all the taste. Best tobaccos. Highest quality tobaccos. Low nicotine tobaccos. L&M tobaccos. Light and mild. Today, buy L&M. It's sweeping the country because it's America's best filter-tip cigarette. Yes, today, why don't you get L&M? Because L&M's got everything. This is it, L&M filters. L&M's got everything. It's the best. You think we ought to eat whatever he brings us first, Mr. Dillon? We can eat any time, Chester. We can. How come I ain't had a bite since we left Dodge? Wait a minute. He's coming. Now you let me handle this. Yes, sir. Ma boiled you a little pot of tater peelings. Oh, my goodness. Now, that sounds fine to me, Budge. Here. I'll take it. Don't put no salt in it. About out. Here now. Let me go, Marshal. You shut up or I'll brain you. He's got a knife in his belt. Get it, Chester. Yes, sir. 
I got it. All right. Come on, get up, Budge. On your feet. Come on. If I'd had my rifle, you wouldn't have done this. Give me the knife, Chester. All right, outside, Budge. Go on. And don't forget I got this knife right in your back. Don't you stick me. Then do what I tell you. Paul fix you. Paul! You cut me. You holler again and I'll put it all the way in. Mr. Dillon? Yeah, I see him, Chester. Let's wait here. I'm going to get me a rock. Paul's going to be awful mad at you, Marshal. Is he? What's going on here? Make him let me go, Paul. Shut up. I'm holding a knife on his back, Groke. You throw down the rifle. Or I'll shove it into him. It won't work, Marshal. You ain't stopping me. Budge will die if you don't do what I say. You ain't as smart as me, Marshal. You don't understand nothing. Drop that gun, Groke. No! He's gonna shoot! I'll get him! I did it. I hit him right in the head. Come on. I want that rifle. You think I killed him? Yeah, it looks like it. It's a big rock. Oh, that woman will be out here in a minute. Come on, let's get around to the side of the house. Around here. I, I thought sure she was going to come out shooting. She'll be out. I just wait here. We can hear the door when it opens. What are you going to do, Mr. Dillon? You can't shoot a woman. No, but maybe I can scare her. What about him shooting his own son? Well, that's something I sure never figured on. Uh, we'd have been in real trouble if it hadn't been for you. I'm going to have to hang your picture on my wall for that, Chester. Oh, it wasn't nothing. I, I used to go hunting with rocks when I was a kid. Why, one time I... Now, there she is. Look, if she comes around the corner, maybe I can knock that rifle out of her hands. You stay back. You hear her coming? No. Come here. Come here, Chester. Where is she? She's over there by Budge. Take a look. Say, that ain't a rifle she's holding. It's a shovel. Come on. I guess she decided it's no use trying to fight now. And it wouldn't have surprised me if she had. Nothing surprising about these people. Your, uh... Your husband shot him, Miss Grilk. Budge. Poor Budge. I didn't figure a man would shoot his own son. Budge wasn't his son. What? He was my son. Not his. He hated Budge. He always hated him. Oh. My first husband died. He was a good man. He liked Budge. Al Groke was right. I didn't understand everything. He made me do what I did. Said he'd whoop me terrible if I didn't. Uh, tell me, ma'am. Would you have shot me yesterday if I hadn't put my hands up? Of course I would. 
I told you. You said I had to. And that no matter. What am I going to do without Budge? I ain't got nobody now. What am I going to do? I don't know, ma'am. But we'll bury them for you. You bury them, too. I'll bury Budge. Can I have the shovel? Yeah. Come on, Justin. I feel kindly sorry for her, Mr. Dune. Yeah, she's had it too rough, Justin. She doesn't know what she's doing anymore. <sighs> blaming her, it'd be like... Well, blaming the night for being dark. I guess there's nothing we can do for her. Yeah. Not a thing in the world. And now our star, William Conrad. Thank you, George. Mild and plenty quick on the draw. That's L&M for you. And the pure white miracle tip on the business end of every L&M filters out everything but the taste of the world's finest tobaccos. All you have to do is pick up a carton of L&Ms and you'll see what I mean. L&M stands out from all the rest. Gunsmoke, produced and directed by Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Ray Kemper. Featured in the cast were John McIntyre, Virginia Gregg, and Vic Perrin. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNear is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Start smoking with a smile with Chesterfield. Smiling all the while with Chesterfield. Put a smile in your smoking, just give them a try. Light up a Chesterfield, they satisfy. Put a smile in your smoking by Chesterfield. So smooth, so satisfying. Chesterfield. You'll also enjoy Chesterfield's great radio shows. Perry Como sings all the top tunes on CBS Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Jack Webb stars in Dragnet on Tuesday nights. Check your local listings. Listen to Gunsmoke again next week, transcribed for L&M Filters.
Potato Road, starring William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon, with Parley Bear as Chester, on Gunsmoke, as originally broadcast on CBS, May 7, 1955. I'll have another episode of Gunsmoke for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. It's time now for another episode of Gunsmoke. On this episode from 1952, beautiful Catherine Blair arrives in Dodge to visit her brother, who's in jail to be tried for murder and cattle rustling. Here's Post Martin on Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of gun smoke. Gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America, the story of a man who moved with it, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Mr. Dillon? Yeah, Chester. You want to see the prettiest sight north of the Pecos? Huh? Sight? Come over here to the window and look what's a-coming down the street. Not if it's anything besides trouble, it'll surprise me. She must come in on the Santa Fe from the east. Wow. Say, I think she's coming here. Yeah, it looks that way. My, I should have shaved this morning. <laughs> or even yesterday morning. Now, what could a lady like that be doing in Dodge City? Say, maybe she's going to work in one of the saloons, Mr. Dillon. I hope not, Chester. Uh, good morning, ma'am. How do you do? I'm... 
I- I'm looking for the United States Marshal. Well, I'm the, uh... <laughs> my name's Dillon, Matt Dillon. I'm Catherine Blair, Mr. Dillon. Oh, it's a pleasure, Miss Blair. May I introduce my deputy? This is Chester Proudfoot. How do you do? How do you do? I, uh, just got in on the train from Boston, Mr. Dillon. Oh? The station master said that you might be able to help me. Well, I'd be glad to. I'm looking for my brother, Martin Blair. Why, say, Mr. Dillon... Uh, uh, Chester, will you punch up that fire? It seems a little chilly in here. Chilly? Yeah, sure. Right away, Mr. Dillon. Chilly. I'm on the verge of a heat do you happen to know my brother, Mr. Dillon? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, I know him. Oh, good. Then you can tell me where to find him. Well, I, I'm not too sure that I can. You see, he, uh, he moves around a lot. Yes, I know. He left home and came out west two years ago. And every time he's written us, it's been from a different address. He's always been that way. Restless, I guess you might call it. Yes, yes, I guess you might. Mother's always thinking he might get into trouble out here by himself. But I tell her not to worry. He's young yet. He'll grow out of it. I see. Uh, meanwhile, though, you'll, you'll need some place to stay, I imagine. Well, yes, I, I suppose there's a... Hotel. Uh, I think the Wood of Markham may have an extra room. You'd be better off there than at a hotel. Uh, y- your baggage at the station? Yes. Chester, hmm? uh, will you go to the station with Miss Blair and then take her over to Wood of Markham's and get her settled in a room? Sure thing, Mr. Dillon. This is awfully nice of you. <laughs> Not at all. And, uh, Chester, will you explain the situation to Miss Markham? I mean that... Uh, we don't know where Miss Blair's brother is at the moment, Chester? Yes, sir. I'll explain it to her, Mr. Dillon. After you, ma'am. Oh, thank you. You're very kind, Mr. Dillon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Jack, wake up, Jack. I'm not asleep, Marshal. What do you want? A jail cell usually softens a man up. Not this one, Dylan. Not now or 20 years from now. Yeah, yeah, I know. You want something or are you just making conversation? Your sister's in town, Martin. Kathy? Kathy's here in Dodge? She just left the office. She's looking for you. What'd you tell her? Nothing. Yet. Seems like a fine girl. You gotta get her out of here, Dylan. Don't let her find out. Get her on a train and get her out of here. No? Why? Maybe I'm no good. But there's no reason why Kathy should pay for it. That's got nothing to do with me. Then you won't help. You won't keep her from finding out? I don't know if I can, Martin. But I'll think about it.
Evening, Mr. Dillon. Hello, Chester. Anything come up? No, sir. It's been the quietest night in weeks. Yeah, no trail herds in town. I guess that's the reason. Uh, Miss Blair's all right, I suppose? Yeah, yeah, she's all right, Chester. Have you told her about her brother, Mr. Dillon? Well, I, I told her that he's out of town. and We're trying to get word to him. The truth's bound to get to her somehow, sooner or later. Yeah, I know, I know. Only reason it hasn't already is because everybody in town knows him as Boston Jack. Yes, but his real name will come out at the trial next week, though. Well, I've been trying to get her to leave before then, go back home, but she won't leave until she sees him. Mm. He's sure going to go hard with her when she finds out her brother's guilty of cattle wrestling. And murder and horse stealing. And this time we got a witness. Yes, sir. I don't rightly see how you can keep her from finding out, Mr. Dillon. Well. Come on, Chester, let's have a talk with Martin. Nice night, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, it's fine. Great night for taking a walk. Don't you think so, Martin? Anything's better than rotting in that cell. Well, where did you expect to end up? All you got is old man Hawk's word against mine. He's lying. The jury will believe him. If he could see me so plain, how come he couldn't tell you who was with me? It was dark. He saw your face in the gun flesh when you shot his foreman in the back. That's a lie. As far as that's concerned, I know who was with you, but I haven't got a case against him, Red Poley. Wasn't it? I wouldn't know. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Well, suppose we leave it to the jury. Here's the way to Markham's place, Mr. Dillon. Yeah. All right, Martin, let's get it straight now. You're here because you want to keep your sister from knowing the truth about you. Now, we're going in there and talk to her. Then you're going back to jail. You know the story I'm planning to tell her. I know. I just want to make one thing clear. You are going back to jail. Chester will stay on the front porch and cover you through the window, and I'll be inside with you, also wearing a gun. Don't try anything foolish. I wouldn't want to kill you in front of your sister, but if it comes to it, I'll do it. You understand? Sure. I understand. All right, let's go. I'll be there at the first window, Mr. Dillon. The parlor's on the left. All right, Chester. Heads up, Chester. Yes, sir. Good evening, Miss Blair. Why, Mr. Dillon? I, uh, I have brought you a visitor. A visit? Martin. Hiya, Kathy. Oh, Martin. Oh, Martin, Martin. Here now. Take it easy. Oh, it's been so long. Oh, Martin, why didn't you write? Well, you know how it is, sis. Uh, say, maybe we could... All go inside, huh? Oh, 
Of course. Come on in. Come in. Oh, I couldn't imagine who was knocking. Mrs. Markham has gone to bed and... Oh, here. Sit down, both of you. Thank you, Miss Blair. Oh, Mr. Dillon. Where on earth did you find him? Well, I, uh... I guess I better confess to you, Miss Blair. I, uh... I knew all along where he was. What? The only trouble was I... I just couldn't produce him. Oh, I, I'm afraid I don't understand you. Uh, well, you see, Martin's been doing some work for me. Uh, sort of secret work, you might say. We're trying to dig up evidence on a gang of cattle rustlers around. Oh, just wait till Mother hears about that. Oh, and she was so worried about you. Uh, yeah... It's, uh, quite a job. Uh, it's, uh, pretty hard for your brother to get away from the gang without stirring up suspicion. In fact, he, uh, he's only got about an hour this evening. Oh? But you will manage more time in the next day or so. I'm afraid not, sis. Uh, I may not be able to get away again for a month. A month? In fact... I've been thinking it over, and I think the best thing you can do is to take a train back home right away. But I just got here, Martin. It's no place for you, Kathy. Uh, he's right, Miss Blair. Dodge City's no town for a girl alone. But I came all this way to see Martin. It's like and... I told you, though, sis. Uh, it may be a month before I can manage to get away again. Uh, I'll tell you what. After this, uh job's finished. Maybe I can get back east for a week or so. Oh, Martin, if you only could. We'd all be so happy. Well, I can't guarantee it, but I'll sure try. I'll admit I'm a little nervous here. Why, the very first thing Mrs. Markham showed me was a revolver she keeps hanging out there in the hall. In case of intruders, she said. Good heavens. Well, this is the frontier, Miss Blair. The law is still pretty much with a man who shoots first. Except sometimes. Yeah. That sounds awful. Martin, you will be careful, won't you? I'm always careful. I suppose I had better take your advice and arrange to leave in the next day or two. But meanwhile, we have an hour at least. Tell me about yourself, Martin. Tell me everything you've been doing. It's cold in here, Mr. Dillon. Uh, yeah, you better get a fire started, Chester. I'll take Martin back and lock him up. I could use a little heat back in that cell. You got plenty of blankets. Well, come on, let's go. Now, you walk ahead of me. Dillon, suppose the jury brings in a conviction. What's the sentence going to be? That's not up to me. I'm just asking for information. It means hanging, right? Probably. All right, stand right there while I open the cell. I don't want much to hang, Marshal. Nobody does. 
All right, Martin, get in. Slow and easy, Dylan. Put your hands up slow. Good. Now keep them that way. Where'd you get the gun? In the hall at Mrs. Markham's. I slipped it under my coat when I was kissing Kathy goodbye. I'll take your gun now, Dylan. Thanks. Feels good to be holding a pair of guns again. You won't be holding them long. Maybe. One thing, though. If you take me again, you'll have to take me dead. Any way you want it. In the cell, Dylan. Come on, move. Tell Chester goodbye for me, will you? I think I'll just go on out the back way. What about your sister? I guess she wouldn't want to see me hang either. When you come right down to it. So long, Dylan. return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, if you've ever had delusions of grandeur or a particularly soul-satisfying daydream, you'll understand the predicament of My Little Margie tomorrow night on CBS Radio. Convinced that she's a princess, My Little Margie, played by Gail Storm, gives her father, he's Charles Farrell, a royal pain in the neck. It's another comedy episode of CBS Radio's new Sunday night laugh program, My Little Margie, tomorrow night on most of these same stations. Now for the second act of Gunsmoke. Mr. Dillon, I know one of these keys is supposed to fit. Chester, all I've got to say is that it better fit. Yes, sir, it'll... Well, that's not it. It would be a fine how-to-do if we had to call in a blacksmith to get you out of your own jail. Chester. It'd be sort of like the time... Never mind, Chester. Just get the door open. Yes, sir. Oh, I know how you feel, all right, Mr. D... Well, I declare. <laughs> there you are, Mr. Dillon. Come on. I'll get the other gun out of the office safe. Fine, thanks you get for trying to help people. A man gets careless and then he winds up in a jam like this. Hey, let's see now. All right, 27. Left, 69. All right. You sure going to be hard to explain why you took Martin out of jail, Mr. Dillon? Yeah, I know. If he gets clean away, we're going to look pretty foolish. He's not going to get away, Chester. Yes, sir. Ten to one, Martin will try to team up with his sidekick, Polly, before he heads out of town. Let's try the saloons first and see if we can pick up his trail. Yes, Mr. Dillon. Martin said we'd never bring him in alive. So don't take any chances.
Well, sir, no sign of him in here, Mr. Dillon. Not unless he's in the back room. Let's walk over toward the bar. That's bad business, Chester. Martin's already shot one man in the back. We'll never catch him in the open, if he's got anything to say about it. Yes, sir, I've been thinking about that. Kind of makes a man's spine crawl. Hiya, boy. Heavenly day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you act as though you were caught robbing a bank, Chester. I've always suspected Chester of having a shady past, kid. Yeah. Uh, have a drink, man? Uh, no, no, we haven't got time. We, we can't stay. We're looking for a fellow. Uh, by the way, uh, who went bail for Boston Jack? What do you mean? Well, he was in here about ten minutes he ago. He was in here, huh? Yeah, he, he talked to Red Poley, and the two of them left together. I thought he must You know out. where they went, Kitty? Well, no, Matt, I haven't got any idea, but they sure left here in a hurry. He broke out of jail, huh? There's 40 ways from Sunday they could have ridden, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, I know, but if they're not in Dodge, there's only one way they'd head. The Circle B. Yeah, Martin knows Hawks is the only witness I've got against him. Come on, Chester. Ranch looks quiet. Yeah. Well, we've been making time. Maybe we outrode them. If they're even headed this way. Well, they better be. Hold it. Who's there? Oh, Somebody standing there at the side of the house. Yeah, I see. It's the marshal, Matt Dillon. Is that you, Ezra? That's right. Come on up, Matt. What yeah. brings you way out here this time of night, Matt? Well, I'm sort of counting on an old acquaintance of yours showing up here sometime tonight. What are you talking about? Boston Jack. Out of jail. Matt, how'd that happen? Well, I doubt it if it'd serve any good purpose to go into that right now. He hasn't been here, I take it. No. Matt, he's a mad dog. Ought to be shot a long time ago. I'd kill him on sight. Well, I came out here to make sure he doesn't kill you. Chester, put our horses in the barn. Get him out of sight, huh? All right, Mr. Dillon. And, uh... You may as well stay there, Chester, and cover the yard. Yes, sir. Well, what about us, Matt? What are we going to do? Go inside the house and put the lights out and wait. That's all, just wait. Thirty minutes, Matt. I think you're on a cold trail. And I hope not. Yeah, you've had enough time to get here. Maybe not enough courage, though. They figure the odds are two to one in their favor. Shouldn't take much courage. People who've never killed anybody don't understand. The killer's worst enemy is his own nerve. Well, I'll take your word for it, Matt. I guess you've sat and waited like this plenty of times. Yeah, too many. Uh, does it ever bother you, Matt? Do you ever get to wondering? Wait a minute. Well, there they are, Ezra. Where, Matt? Over there by the corral. You see? They're walking the horses into the yard. Slow and quiet. Yeah. Yeah, I see him. What are you going to do, Matt? 
Go out and call them. Oh, they'll fire from the dark without no warning. Yeah, I know. And they're getting off their horses. Gonna walk up here, I guess. All right, Ezra, stay in the house and keep out of this. Chester and I can handle them. Yeah, Matt. Good luck. Thanks. Martin, Polly, you're under arrest. Kill him. Be careful, Matt. Oh. Heads up, Chester. I dropped Polly. Martin's running into the corral. Yes, sir. I see him, Mr. Dillon. You're trapped, Martin. Now climb out of that corral. I told you how it would be, Dillon. Come on in and get me. Sure, Martin. I'm coming. Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm all right. Is he... You didn't shoot him, eh? No. He fell off right in front of the stampede. They went right over him. Wait here for me, Chester. Uh, I'll go in and tell her. All right, you. I hope she believes me. Don't worry, Mr. Dillon. She will. Uh, uh, I'll be out in a couple of minutes. Evening, Miss Blair. Why, Mr. Dillon, this is a surprise. Uh, do you mind if I step in? Of course I don't mind. Thank you. Friend of Martin's is welcome and... Mr. Dillon, is something wrong? I'm afraid so, Miss Blair. I'm... I've got bad news for you. It's Martin. Something's happened to Martin. Yes, ma'am. He's hurt. Uh, it's worse than hurt, ma'am. No. Oh, no. Martin was killed in a fight. Martin dead. If it's any consolation, Miss Blair, he... he died hard with all the odds against him. Martin never asked for favor. He fought a good fight. That's something to remember. Martin has always been fine and clean. He was just restless. People didn't understand. No, I suppose they didn't, Miss Blair. But he died on his feet, fighting. I guess that's the way Martin wanted it. Yes, I think so, ma'am. <clears throat> I suppose Miss Markham's here. I wouldn't want to leave you alone. Yes, she's here. I'll be all right, Mr. Dillon. Well, I'll come by and see you in the morning. Uh, 
If there's anything at all I can do... You've I... been very kind, Mr. Dillon. I'm grateful to you. I'm sorry about this, Miss Blair. Marshal, I'll be leaving tomorrow. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye, Miss Blair. You all right, Mr. Dillon? I think so, Chester. Did she believe what you told her? Uh, what I told her was true. Mm. Well, there's no harm in letting her think the best of it. Martin paid his debt. No reason his sister should suffer. That's right, Mr. Dillon. Chester, uh, if I remember correctly, Kitty offered us a drink earlier this evening. That's right. Well, let's go. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Les Crutchfield, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Gene Bates, Sam Edwards, and Ralph Moody. Parley Bear is Chester, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Eve Arden plays the wisecracking English teacher Connie Brooks of Madison High Sunday nights on CBS Radio. And when our Miss Brooks calls the role on comedy, there's laughter enough for all takers. Sunday nights on most of these same stations, join Eve Arden as our Miss Brooks for high-class classroom comedy. This is Roy Rowan speaking. America now listens to 105 million radio sets and listens most to the CBS Radio Network. Gunsmoke starring William Conrad in Post Martin as originally broadcast over CBS December 13, 1952. Stick around. I'll give you our lineup for episode four of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break.
next time on episode four of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two detective adventures of Sam Spade, starring Howard Duff, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>